All right, welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice. I am your host, Nana Bonsu. I am the president and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Our website is www.infhorizons.com. We help business owners increase the value of their business so that they can execute on any um, transfer option that they want to, whether they want to pass on their business to their kids or whether they want to sell outright or whether they want to just bring somebody into the business so they can go into the boardroom. Uh, every week we, bring, we talk about different topics related to uh, business owners. Um, this is essentially your board of advisors. And this week we are going to be talking about the process of selling your business. I have with me a distinguished guest, Chris, Christoph. Christoph is a business investor and uh, he's, he focuses on uh, building, growing and turning around businesses. Uh, he's, uh, he's a global investor and he has investments in the UK, in Europe, uh, in European Union, and also uh, in the United States. Welcome to the show, Christoph. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Wonderful. Now, I know that, you know, I know that you have, um, we, we, did a, we did a previous episode you know, before, and uh, we talked about this whole process or so your philosophy and investment and, and whatnot. This week, I wanted to get a bit of a, a, a walk through the process, because right now I know that you are, you know, you're looking to invest in, uh, in companies, in businesses. And yep. I was just, I would just, I thought this was timely for business owners to just hear from you from, a, from the external perspective, right? What do you look for in a business? What are you looking to buy? What, what are some of the types of businesses that you're looking to buy? Let's just, if we can start from there, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So uh, as we discussed privately, there's a lot of things going on right now uh, because I bought another, another business in Europe, uh, which was in the constructions and turning into development company. And uh, together we put a great partnerships to get, uh, uh, partnership together to grow both businesses uh, and buy other businesses. So uh, I still would say that I'm sector agnostic in terms of buying businesses, but definitely I have some preferences in terms of the locations and the, and the sectors that are more strategic acquisitions for things that we, uh, we do, do already. So I believe last time we have discussed that I am looking for uh, the sectors I'm most interested in are business services, especially the core ones like marketing, um, HR, PR. It could be accounting and Law, law companies, but they're a little bit harder to uh, to purchase because I'm not accountant, not a lawyer, and things like that. And because of the construction deal, we are also looking for construction companies and property management companies. So I would say that's like a biggest focus. And then there's like a lot of other uh, businesses uh, that could be interesting around. So we don't uh, decline any in particular uh, if somebody is looking to sell their business and feels like we could be a great partners, we will uh, value their business and give them, give them our offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, these are the businesses that right now we are more, more focused on because uh, it brings us more things that we want to do in the in the future. In terms of the size of the businesses, uh, we look, the sweet spot will be between like one to $10 million of revenue with the minimum of $100,000 in profits in EBIT uh, just to make it, uh, make it sense and be able to grow the business a bit. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a, 
I would say like the major uh, major uh, criteria that we are looking uh, to do right now. But we still do the turnarounds. We still do the IPOs. We still do helping businesses uh, to grow. And if we buy just a, po- a portion of the business, to use our strategies that we use with all the businesses that we have to grow them, uh, grow them massively, so they are more valuable, have more cash flow, more profits, even are bigger, and uh, to help that. So this is the core right now because we are setting setting a fund to be able to do real estate deals and also buying businesses and we will attract much more money in the uh, in the months ahead uh, but yeah still open for a, a lot of things but yeah I would say that's that's like a good uh, good start in terms of what we are focusing on right now because it changed a bit over the last six months or so how, how, how so? Yeah, because of the deal that we have done, uh, the uh, the construction company, it brings the uh, the talent and the skill set in the construction. And right now, because it's the in the Europe, uh, particularly in uh, especially uh, specifically in the Czech and in the Spain, we are looking to buy specifically the construction company in the US. So then we can invest the money in the US uh, as well. So that's uh, that's that's the one. And then because uh, the construction company raised a lot of capital, uh, and we will this, we decided to create a fund around it. Uh, we will work much more strategically in terms of uh, getting uh, being able to open the new spaces. That with the construction company, then we can do development deals for the construction company as well and invest money in even uh, like a uh, wider uh, geographic area. So that's probably the biggest uh, biggest reason. I'm always working strategically and long term. So based on the things that I have right now, I always look for specific deals that would enhance the value of those businesses that I already have. And we do it for every single sing- single business. So if we buy a construction company in the US, we will definitely look at uh, subcontractors uh, and uh, maybe other companies that uh, that uh, are in the same ecosystem, maybe clients, maybe suppliers, maybe competition that we can bolt on to grow the business to the next level. So it's always changing, uh, but uh, this is the focus right now. And uh, what returns are you looking for? Can you I specify mean- like the returns for uh, like because we have like revenues and profits. And from that point, we are uh, able to give uh, give uh, like a specific specific offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we all yeah uh, generally like in these businesses, we usually look at three to five, maybe six times multiple. Uh, if it's like over five million, it will go ma- higher. Uh, but that's 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 the usual things. But we are we are valuing the businesses based on the multiple, not. Which you can recreate to make like a percentage return, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that, but but that's it. And from our investors that we have in the fund and work with, and financiers that we are bringing to the deal, like like asset back financiers, SBA loans, other investors, uh, sometimes even other private equity companies. Uh, then we need to make sure that the deal works for everybody, right? The seller, right. for us, and for all the partners. But so it, it depends on the what. Uh, sometimes we will do acquisitions just to get uh, some resource that is not uh, monetary. So if they have the customers, the clients, 
which is the same. <laughs> uh, I mean, the employees uh, or other uh, or premises or in the different different sectors, we don't need to have a lot of uh, return at the, at the moment because there are other assets that we are looking to strategically acquire. So it's hard to tell specifically, but right. from perspective of what we are willing to like offer and the and the multiples and things like that, but. I always say that the business is valuation is not just about the price. It's a lot about the terms as well. And it right. will always change based on the, on the quality of the business in terms of how much uh, value is in the business is linked to the business owners. You know very well that a lot of times it's basically most of it. So that business is, uh, it could be valued, valued very well, but probably that we will not get a lot of cash upfront because there's a lot of risk involved. Some businesses are really great and they uh, they should get a lot of uh, money upfront. And, and it depends on the assets of the business and things like that. So uh, I maybe we will discuss yeah. the, how we... Yeah. How we structure, how we move like in, in the process. If somebody is looking like, hey, seems like Christoph is a good guy, I would like to sell, like uh, how it works. So in that sense, we can we can talk about uh yeah, if somebody wants to sell to us, how how we will move uh, the deal forward. Right. So how does a business owner know that you know know if they're ready? Because a lot of times they may not even be in your hands. They may have had a situation like um, a death in the family or some kind of uh, disability. Um, in some cases, they just they may just have a partnership that you know maybe it's not working well, and they want to go their separate ways. Yeah. And the way to do it is is to sell the business. Um, so, number one is what are some of the circumstances uh, by which um, um, deals come about for you? Uh, and for business owners that that are listening, that may be thinking about. Um, you know, looking at you for some kind of a deal. How do they know? Uh, how can they tell if they're if they're ready, or should they just kind of contact you and maybe start a conversation, and then maybe you can help them assess their readiness? Yeah. So I would say uh, the great thing about being a still small investor is that we can work on uh, every single deal, uh, deal like individually. So every single time when I'm having the first initial conversation with the business owners, we are talking about what they want to achieve because being me being from outside, I cannot tell them what they should do with their business, right? So I'm always trying to understand what's their next step, what's their goal. And from that point, there's multiple solutions to the same uh, challenges or problems or things that they want to do to accomplish that. So uh, I would highly advise to just uh, have a phone call and discuss uh, discuss with that uh, because sometimes they uh, want to sell uh Going back to the first question that you asked, like we have two types of distress things that wants to sell. Sometimes the businesses are distressed, something happens and there's cash flow problems. There's a lot of uh, liabilities. Uh, there could be part, uh, problems with the partners and things like that, uh, that put pressure on the, on the business. So that's one thing. The, but those businesses are usually not that much valuable. It's more like finding the way how to uh, how to uh, survive and maybe find a way how to thrive again. So we can definitely help with that. Mm -hmm. uh, second thing for us 
when we are buying the whole companies is business this is that is great but the business owners is kind of distressed it could be some illness in the family that you mentioned uh which is terrible but uh yeah uh things happen in life right or uh yeah they are just tired of running the business day to day they want to move they want to be just uh advisor in the company or just stop working and just hang out uh on the golf course or, or something like that so that's another another thing but there are other things in between so maybe they are looking to uh Uh, to grow to the next level so they can have the bigger big exit but they want to have a partner that is able to get into the business partner with them sitting on the same side of the table being a partner in the business maybe selling or uh doing some type of deal to giving or selling some part of equity to uh, for example to us or somebody else and partner with them to prepare the business use the resources maybe bought on other businesses which is first thing that we want to do if you buy the business we are looking to other businesses that we can bought on to that because then you can like uh, doing cross selling and uh, use the resources and best practices to grow both businesses a uh, businesses massively uh sometimes we uh do a merger or uh like um, uh like a roll up with multiple businesses because mm-hmm. you know very well that if the business is bigger the valuation will be bigger so if you have like 2 million dollar business you might get in revenue you might get three times multiple but if you have the 10 million dollar business you can get six uh, six times multiple right and probably right. bigger a better terms sometimes just putting five 2 million dollar businesses together and do, do anything with that can be good better exit for all business owners uh so that but yeah uh, initial discussion i always say uh nothing ventured nothing gained uh basis type of discussions confidential discussion for sure to discuss what they want to do and discuss what we can do uh for them but it's like some some type of partnerships how to do it together or just get the offer from us uh for the business itself and it doesn't have to be 100% of the business right it could be 80% 70% so business owner is still in the business and can have can have another exit when we apply all these strategies and just don't need to run the business day to day maybe doing something that they like while they start the business it's some it happen all the time they they just want to go back and fix cars and don't deal with the customers right for example right. or uh, they want to uh, manufacture the thing that they the business is manufacturing or working on the construction uh, side and but not dealing and having the risk of running the business day to day and dealing with the taxes it was covid before now now we have a higher inflation now there's a war and i don't know there's a lot of things right so a lot mm-hmm. of business owners start to getting tired of still trying to solve these and go through these challenging yeah. times especially if they are running the business for 30 40 50 years and it's not growing very much it can start to be like hey where is the next level right like they started the business uh thinking they will be the next apple and after 20 30 years they are not so how they can go to the next level there's public markets and things like that that we are uh we are using using and if you are ready like I that's maybe a good example. I almost bought a marketing agency uh, in Europe with uh, six million dollars, and we were pretty close to closing the deal. And at the end, 
the bar uh, deciding it's too too soon. And I guess he decided it's too soon because he was in the process and he was in the decision-making. I'm not telling, call me if you don't want to sell, it will be a waste of time for everybody. But sometimes when you start thinking about it, you will uh, find uh, whether you want to do it or not. And there's other things that you can do to just transition and do it uh, step by step. Because, yeah, sometimes it's a big step to work five times a week, 10 hours a day, and from after three months, after selling, do nothing, right? It could right. be a big step. And that's what this business owner realized. So we can work it out. Like we are pretty flexible. I would say that's the big, biggest advantage from maybe a bigger firm that they have strict, much more strict, uh, stricter. I don't know whether it's worth criteria. I need to uh, need to fit into a couple of boxes. We have pretty uh, flexible boxes, I should say. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah, it. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess it's, it's a lot to unpack or what you just said. And a couple of things. One is the the flexibility and 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 the fleet the fleet of foot that you bring you bring because you're you're relatively you know, a, a smaller investor compared to the bigger ones, so you're able to move quicker. Um, yeah. The other thing is that. You know, there's a lot of different options available, right? In terms of the stepwise kind of thing, people don't have to think, "Oh, um, I'm changing my uh, status as the over uh, as an owner overnight," right? So it's not like you know you're selling, you know, you done, you know, you're done with it, and therefore it may be too big a step. You can you can start off by bringing on a partner like you, right? You know, uh, an equity partner who can take some things off of your your plate if that you're not interested. In. If you're just interested in uh, the technical side of it, like fixing cars, the example that you gave, then you yep. can handle the the management and the sales and, and the whatnot side of it. The yeah. and then the other thing is, you know, and then on terms of capitalization, right? It, you know, you bring in a capital and then the owner then diversify their risk, you know, so that all their wealth is not in the business. They they can put that additional yep. wealth in in other places so they, they can protect themselves. So just a lot of different options that 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 you bring to the table that owners um, owners may not even be aware of. Yeah, and like I would just say like a lot of people think that money is the like the cure of all, but it's not like uh, just just a small part of it because for example for every business that we buy we have or partner up or work with we have like first 100 day plan that we really look at the numbers and we usually find 15 to 20 percent of the revenues to turn them back into the cash Mm -hmm. grow the profitability grow the top line by just optimizing things that people don't business owners most business owners in terms of small and medium-sized businesses there are more business operators running the business day yeah. by day and working on the customer value, customer and working with the employees. What we do is working on the shareholder value, how to make the business more valuable. So we start to measure things that most business owners uh, don't measure. Uh, sales processes, working on how we can how we can optimize the revenue streams in terms of just doing minor up. Uh, minor adjustments uh but overall uh it will uh, it will take a lot of a lot of uh, growth in the business so if your business has 10 to 20 percent margin we can usually grow by 50 to 100 percent the margin in the let's say six months uh we can usually do it much uh, much faster and like 
just like that, you will uh, double the size of your of your business. We have strategies to optimize the sales processes, so you can grow by 30%, 50%. And there's a lot of things that you can do. And if you add the merger and acquisition side, like two plus two is not four, it's six, eight, it's potentially a 10. Right. And that's a great thing right. to do. So sometimes just uh, I have done the deals in the past that we figure out like giving us 20% of the business will make much more value in the one year than uh, than doing that. And then we can sell it together or then we can buy the rest of the 80% or then we can buy 60%. So we have 80 business owners, 20 or whatever. There are some multiple things that we can do. And it's always based. I never pitch my deal structure, my solution, deal structure maybe yes, but uh, solutions to the business owners. It's always about what business owners are looking to solve and finding a way how to do the transaction that suits uh, suits them best. And we are we are uh, able to uh, move uh, really quickly. So we we, we guarantee that uh, you will get the offer from us after uh, sooner than in the 14 days uh, after we receive all the information. So uh, whatever business you want to sell, uh, when we exchange information, financial, have a f- initial phone calls, and that way we will give you an offer uh, in less than 14 days. So you can just uh, you can just look at it and see whether it's a good fit or not, and then we can work it out whether uh, we need to do any adjustments. So yeah, we are trying to move uh, super fast. In some type of deals, we do a fast due diligence process as well mm-hmm. because some some bigger companies sometimes it happens that they like give you a great offer at the beginning, but then they will do a lot of due diligence and they will find what's wrong with the business and tell you like this is wrong, this is wrong, that is wrong, that is wrong, and uh, we need to buy for maybe 70 percent uh, of the original. Uh, offer or even 50%, sometimes even less. And sometimes it puts business owners to the corner that uh, they spend a lot of time talking with the with this yeah. buyer, probably tell everybody else that it's sold. And after three to six months, it's not. The business is sometimes got distressed because they are start, start thinking about the next chapter of their career, right? Yeah. After selling yeah. the business and not work in the business that hardly and sometimes the business can be put in the pressure so yeah we are trying to do it as fast as possible it depends on the deal if we need to bring finance finance series and a lot of money because the deal is great the business is great it's different we need to uh, we need to make sure but for example i put down uh, put down a, a free pdf when we i share a couple of creative ways how to sell business fast if you need to sell fast what are the creative structures, how to do it so you win and the buyer win, whether it's us or somebody else. Uh, in those type of scenarios, we can move really fast because we need to solve the problems. With the distressed businesses, if they have like a cash flow problems, like you don't have a lot of time to, uh, to, to think about, right? Because after three to six months, there's no business maybe. So right. we are used to moving like, really quickly in the days or weeks in those scenarios so and we try to do it in every single deal that we do because we want to do the deal not talk about the deal for a while so right because it's time for for a lot of people so so yeah how do you deal with the owners who may be afraid of losing control so i mean whether whether they bring you on as a 
minority partner or whether they, you know, they flat out sell, it, sell the whole 100% equity to you. Um, sometimes owners, um, well, if they're not selling it outright, they may feel like, hey, they may be losing control uh, at some point. So how do, how do you, um, you know, assuage them of, of those kind of fears? Yeah, again, it goes back to the initial discussion of finding the way how to how to do it. For, for myself, I love deals that business owners want to stay in the business, having 20%, having some part of it, doing what they love, being as a, as a consultant for the while, enjoy venture to uh, make the business much better so they can stop working day to day, have less stress, uh, whatever they want and cheer us from the sideline or a little bit in the field uh, and uh, working together so they can see the business to the next level. Like we never, uh, we never, we always promise that we will not fire employees. We always promise that we will not change the brand. We are, our goal is always to uh, build upon the legacy and the brand and the culture that the business owners owners uh, owners uh, built over the years so sometimes i feel business owners if they are looking to sell they are afraid and there was a studies done in the past and most biz- small and medium-sized business owners their biggest fear wasn't that they will not great get the best valuation the biggest fears were, were about uh, destroying the brand destroying the employees and things like that, so that the business will be destroyed after the after yeah. the after, uh, acquisition. So we can guarantee those type of things. We never want to do that. We want to build upon uh, upon that. And uh, but yeah, it's like uh, there's it's a business. There's a lot of fears and emotions involved. So it's about about the discussion, but. Yeah, if you want to have have the exit uh, in the future, now or in the future, you'll probably need to, at one point, hang out, hang the give the keys to another person. But that's the thing: like find the buyer that suits you best. Uh, right. No, no, don't just look at the valuation. Look at the, look at the the valuation. Sure, the offer. Sure, it's important. But look at what the business buyer is bringing to the table, right, uh, whether right. their plans with the business is the plan that you would like to, to see in your business, how they will deal with the employees, uh, whether they will let you help them in transition, maybe stay in the business, maybe keep some part of the equity so you can stay in touch. And after the changes, you can have the upside from the things that the uh, new uh, buyer or the buyer will do and things like that. So that's great about the business. There's a lot of moving parts and you can always find a way how to structure it that way that it uh, suits uh, suits everybody. Yeah, and uh, and I'm glad that you touched on that because a lot of times culture and the employees are such a big non-financial, you know, you know, you know part of, I mean, part of the non-financial aspect of making these deals. And sometimes owners forget to ask until afterward. And then there's um, a lot of uh, raw feelings afterward because employees may feel like the owner may not have looked out for them after they've helped them all those years. And the owners may feel guilty uh, because they maybe they didn't know because a lot of times this may be the first time they, they you know, engaging in such a, such a deal, right? Because you know, 
they're used to running their businesses. They're not used to making deals. Uh, yeah. And so that experience uh, may be lacking unless they have like a, an advisor who's helping them navigate the waters. I would also look at the bright side of, of the thing because if those employees working in a still small, uh, medium-sized business, mm-hmm. they might they, there might be a upper level of their career because it's a small business. But if you, for example, sell it somebody to uh, like like us that we are building a group of companies that we can take public or bought on and make bigger companies, those employees can actually have uh, next other other steps that they Mm -hmm. could uh, explore after the transition. So uh, it could be advantage. Uh, I don't know if we bring five companies, three companies into one sector and take it public, then uh, they can have a public stock and things like that. Uh, Like we a couple of times, discuss the deal structures where employees were involved in the deal structure. So we basically, the, the key employees were like joined acquisition and buy portion of the business as well. Right. Uh, and things like that. So if there's a couple of employees that are our management team, like we can structure a deal. I like the business business acquisition where the business owner stays involved, but the business owner is not looking to stay involved, but say, hey, we have three employees. We have built it together. They were loyal. I would love them to have either part of the uh, of the of the money that they will receive for the business or keep some part of the equity. Like we are happy to do that. Like if it's the thing that will be the most important uh, thing to make the deal and solve everybody uh, challenges, problems, and things that they want to accomplish the outcomes. Like why not? Like it will be no brainer to turn it to turn it down. So or maybe like maybe some businesses have the employee funds, right? Something like that. It could be turned into into uh, the part of the acquisition mix so they can buy part of the business. Sometimes it happened to us that they told us like, hey, I have that amount of money in the in the retirement account or private account. Can I join you and give you equity so I can be partner in the business? Like we have deal- dealt with these type of scenarios as well. So yeah, make, make them the partner, uh, make those employees the partners uh, with you as a business seller and make it the partners with the business buyer as well. So everybody wins. That's the beauty of doing those type of deals and thinking about the outcomes, not necessarily just about the monetary stuff, because that's the, that's the difference, right? If you look at the acquisitions and mergers in the public companies, it's completely different because there are one, one set of advisors and the second set of the advisors dealing on behalf of the shareholders, right? Mm-hmm. No emotional attachment, just bonuses, just whether you will have a CEO, CFO, or nothing on your uh, business card and things like that. In these smaller uh, smaller uh, deals, uh, we are talking about business owners, managers most of the time. And it's a lot of emotions, a lot of things that are uh, are outside of the money, outside of the valuation, mm-hmm. outside of things like that, uh, that uh, we need to take um take into the equation and work uh, work the deal that works for everybody. 
Yeah, and, and which is why it, it does take time because you got to take it. You know, you have to reflect on things, right? Like how far you've come in your business and and what you really want, what you're trying to do in the next phase of your life after the deal is done. Um, what will that mean for your employees and your management? And how do you get them involved? That whole thing that takes that takes quite a bit of time to kind of work through that, right? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, in terms of the the deal structure. Right. So um, there are things where you, you can you, you talk about the deal structures. I'm curious to know, uh, typically, just the, the decision making criteria, how things normally flow into different um, channels, uh, different uh, options. One is 100 percent sell. Right. And yeah. then the other is, um, you know, like uh, you, you, you. You you break it apart. So maybe you say forty percent cash up front. Maybe forty percent you get like a notes. You know, like you know, yeah, like, like a, a loan. Yeah, yeah, for like the next three years or something. And then maybe the last twenty percent is an earnout, meaning you have to like you know work and meet certain performance targets. Um, so when I mean, in general, obviously, you know, specifics are going to depend on you know, many variables. But in general, what are they like? Are they like general rules of thumb for when, you know, which option becomes more attractive or, you know, get taken? Yeah, again, it de- depends on the discussion because uh, if, for example, it's a retirement sales, it might be tax efficient and even beneficiary to uh, do much more seller financing. Like sometimes people mm-hmm. are not looking to do that because they feel like they will ve- wait for capital and it's better to have a, something in their pockets now than in the future. But if they are looking to, if they are looking to uh, retire, that might be great, right? So it, de- so it depends. But yeah, if I look at it in terms of the business itself, like it depends on the assets of the business. If the business has more assets like uh, invoices, uh, things like that. It's it will be more the cash that it's not used for uh, for uh, like uh, running the business. It's not working capital. It's excess cash. Uh, it will put more more money into the initial in, initial um, initial like a price the down payment. Let's let's call it. Uh, the earnouts, it's usually I don't like them very well, very much, uh, and I know some businesses. Like to be honest, for now, not for now. Like in, in general, like most small and medium-sized businesses, there's a lot of value that is for the future. And with the business owners, there's not uh, guarantee that future will be the same. So a lot of times, the lot a lot of percentage of the value is linked to the future and a lot of business buyers will do very small upfront and a lot of earnouts and we have businesses like that and we are not able to pay near close to 100% cash that's that's happened but we much rather prefer the like a guaranteed seller financing than the earnout we use earnout basically just if you i say like the, i see the value 1 million dollars and you see the value 2 million dollars I would ask you like, where is the next $1 million? I don't see it. Let me know. And they could say like, hey, yeah, because if you do this and this and that, then there will be more like a million dollar extra. That's the potential. That's the upside that will happen after the acquisition. From that perspective, it should be the upside of the buyer, right? 
mm-hmm. not the yes. seller because the seller will be gone. Yeah. But the earn now, from my perspective, is the way how to partner up on the upside and say like, hey, okay, you see the $1 million extra valuation. If you do this and this and that, we are happy to give you the $1 million extra. So at the initial, with the uh, initial price, uh, uh, the equity, the initial valuation, we want to use these type of things and addition and things that are addition to that. Like that's a great way how to use earnout as a bonuses if the business grows and the uh, seller can help. But like it's hard to talk about it in general because it will depends every single time. And as I said, like we have really easy three-step process how to get offer from us. You schedule the initial conversation with us, having this discussion. We exchange the informations about the business and we give you an offer. It's that easy, like not, not nothing else. There's steps behind those three steps, but there's the three right. major steps. We have the initial conversation. We exchange the information and we, we give, you, uh, give you an offer. If you, ha- if you love it, great. We will do due diligence. If you don't love it, we can negotiate, but that's like the three steps. So, and from that in the, the offer, you will get specific deal structure that you see that, but most of the times we will discuss what the business owners want at the initial conversation. Right. But, uh, so it's much easier to experience that, to talk about how it could happen because some businesses are really great and they should get a lot of uh, percentage of the valuation upfront. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses, uh, there's things that need to be done, and from that point, we do more seller financing and think and other things like so. So it really depends uh, on the on the yeah how the business is. More work that you have, you do, the less risk the business uh, is in the business more profitable, bigger it is, the valuation and the yield structure will be better. Uh, if it's not ready, you have poor financial records, it's hard to uh, get our head around what's happening. Uh, we need to uh, make sure we protect ourselves as well and uh, and uh, do more deal structures and things like that. But yeah, we can, uh, we had the, we had to, uh, we put down offers on the businesses that uh, that had uh, real estate involved, and business owner wants to have a real estate, lease it back to the business. They saw the real estate is more valuable than the business because the business it wasn't in the great shape, for example, or it was doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And he just and he got the, initi- the the same income from the real estate as he had in uh, from the business and stopped working day to day. And that was something that uh, they want to do. So uh, it's a, not a great answer, but as always, it Right. <laughs> so how, how does um, a couple of uh, sticking points that have usually come up in deals, um, and I know we talk about culture and you already kind of, you know, took care of that. What about things related to like long-term debt and also working capital, Right. Do you typically um, find yourself just haggling over that with owners in terms of who's who's gonna? Because owners sometimes may think that the working capital belongs to them, and 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 it's the 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 buyer, you know, is looking at the working capital as part of the asset that they're buying. So yes. how does that how does that factor in? And also in terms of the debt and uh, and and the asset and the equity, just you know, what is your philosophy on those aspects? Yeah. So in terms of the uh, of the debt, uh, we usually just inherit it as a part of the deal. That's like a go-to strategy. 
so business owners doesn't need to go and clear clear down and things like that because we will need to find the money somewhere else, right? So mm-hmm. we just inherit it uh, as a part of the valuation. In terms of the in terms of the working capital, uh, that's something that's something I believe that it's a little bit uh, misunderstood because of the business brokers. Uh, the working capital is the asset. How, how the business works? You are buying the assets to mm-hmm. produce the revenue. Mm-hmm. You turn the revenues into the profits, you turn the profits into the cash flow. And from the cash flow, you are doing some capital investment and then you have free cash flow that you can distribute or uh, use for more investments or pay down uh, that. That's how it works. So all the assets that are needed in the business to produce the revenue mm-hmm. is not another value, another, another uh, like, any addition to the to the valuation because if you say like hey we are uh, we have this working capital the cash uh, the accounts uh, receivables uh, the inventory and things like that it's half a million dollars and then the business is making two hundred dollars profit we want three times you are asking us or somebody else to pay you twice for the same thing. That's the thing that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Like, but if there is the biz, the real estate in the business that is not needed and could be leased uh, for the business to operate, this is something that is top up for the valuation. If mm-hmm. there is some more cash in the business that business needs to operate, that's another top up uh, for the valuation and things like that. But the, everything that is needed to run the business day to day is the asset that produce the revenue, produce the profits, produce the cash flow. And that way it's, uh, yeah, like I always say like, you are just asking me to pay you twice for the same thing. And if I am, uh, I'm telling that that way, most sellers don't understand, but that's maybe going back to, uh, the things that most business owners are the operators, not uh, looking from ter- in terms of like uh, servicing clients and employees, and it's a little bit different in terms of uh, how much the business is valued and so forth. So, yeah, working capital is definitely and definitely uh, an asset that is producing the profit. So you, uh, it's not good to ask somebody to pay you twice. But sometimes I saw the deals that. Uh, if I put it together, it was still a great valuation. So it depends, right? But they have working capital is something that sometimes happens. But so, usually if I'm talking about the deals from the business brokers, mm-hmm. if I'm talking with like uh, off-market deals, which is something that we do most of the time from having discussion with people like you and bringing us the deals or uh, seeing me on a LinkedIn or something like that and thinking about selling the business or other uh, sourcing strategies that we use. We are usually talking with the business owners without any intermediaries and things like that. That's make it usually much, much easier to do the deal Mm -hmm. with the brokers and things like that. Like I don't have any problems with them, but sometimes it's make the deals uh, sometimes even not not, uh, possible to do actually. It happened a couple of times. So, right, right, yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, I think the the PDF and whatnot that you sh- you discussed, we're gonna have that in that information in the show notes, so you know people can have access to that. So, thanks for sharing that that information. Right. 
Um, so I want to I want to kind of um, you know bring it to a close. But I, I, last question I had was I mean you mentioned like growth, you also mentioned risk, and then you mentioned cash flow. Um, in terms of what you're looking for now, because one of the good things is that this is basically kind of a, like a live exercise. You actually look into to, to buy certain companies. And it's, so yeah. it's just like, you know, people can have a checkbox to see if they meet some of these criteria. Um, it's Is there like a, a specific like range of growth that you're looking for, a specific type of risk profile that you're comfortable with, a specific type of uh, range of cash flows that or directional cash flow that you're looking for? You, you're just looking at it for what it is and based on it, you know, determine what the alpha should be. Yeah. Uh, so the second uh, second option is is the right one. Uh, that's sometimes it's like just the personal assessment. Uh, it's not like a specific, sometimes it, it is, but if like a business has 80% of the revenues from the client, that's a big mm-hmm. risk factor, right? And it's easier to spawn, but sometimes it's not. So yeah, we have our own valuation and our, uh, like uh, forecasting that we do for every single deal. And uh, our goal is to give offer for any business that is looking to sell, uh, to give them the options to decide whether it's the right deal to uh, to do or not. Uh, and from that perspective, we are more uh, creative on the deal structure and uh, things that uh, how to, Basically, the problems that we find or the challenges that we find in the business, we usually don't say no. We just say this is something that uh, needs to be handled. From that perspective, there is some more risk. From that perspective, that's the upside that we will see and we need to cover. And from that perspective, maybe we are not able to give you that much money up front or something like that. Right. Uh, but yeah, like uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes I like more uh, companies that has 10% profit margin more than if they have uh, 40 or more, because if they have 10% profit margin, we can easily usually double, double it in one year and things like that. So some things are opportunities that, uh, that we can explore. Like, again, it depends on the, on the specific deal, but uh, yeah, for us, it's important it's important the revenue and the profits if we are looking to buy. Mm-hmm. If it's distress over 500,000, it's like a minimum. Uh, if it's other types of deals like uh, looking for investor or uh, distress type of deals, we will go a little bit lower. But if they want to sell, we need at least $1 million in uh, revenue and 100,000 of profit to be able to uh, give them like a real offer. Uh, and we have some upper limit, limit because over $10 million, there's more uh, competition. So we don't, uh, we don't want uh, to compete that much in that realm. So one to $5 million is the sweet spot. One to $10 million is the revenue range for these type of things. But the bigger businesses, we do other things like uh, public markets, other helping them to buy other businesses to grow, uh, things like that. So every business owner that is looking to grow, turn around, sell, uh, we can have the discussions how we can help. But in terms of buying those businesses, these are the criteria. And from having these discussions, having the, our own valuation, getting the information and the data, we will put down the offer that uh, we feel it's a, it's a, it's a fair and uh, after that, we will have a conversation to find out uh, the final deal that will 
that, that will make sense for everybody involved. And we can discuss how to uh, add the employees, suppliers, or seller to keep part of the equity, real estate that they have in the business and other things like that. So yeah, still still trying to be creative and uh, creative and flexible to do rather more deals and solve more business owners' problems than uh, just be strict and just say no, 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 thousand times. And then uh, some unicorns, uh, right. some unicorn like appear from the forest and we say like, that. that's it. Like, yeah, with the small and medium-sized businesses, it's, uh, I believe that's a better approach to, uh, to do. Like, if you look at the statistic, like just oh, less than 10% of the businesses are ever, ever sold. And that's yeah. the reason why. So uh, I sometimes work with the business brokers and say, if you didn't uh, take some deals to sell because it's not a great profit, revenue, cash flow, like just refer it to us. We will probably find a way how to, how to, how to handle it and just be creative and uh, find the ways how to do it, not uh, how to decline it. Like, right. That's our approach. Yeah. Glass half full. Wonderful. So again, the three-step process, they need to contact you. You have that conversation, you exchange information and then uh, you make the offer. Yeah. That's it. Easy. Wonderful. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. And how do, how do people get in contact with you? Um, yeah, so uh, as we discussed, like there's a couple of links that they can uh, they can look at, right. and hopefully they will find it somewhere around the video or the podcast or anything. But yeah. the ma- major website is uh, my personal one, so christophbartos.com, K-R-Y-S-T-O-F-B-A-R-T-O-S.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am very active on LinkedIn. Uh, we have wrote a couple of ebooks and PDFs to uh, share our knowledge that we use for every single business that we buy or partner up or work with. So then you can decide whether you want to apply those strategies by yourself or uh, you want us to partner with you to help you to grow to the next level, turn around or sell or prepare for sale, take public and things like that. So if you can like share those links so they can... Yeah. Uh, they can uh, they can find uh, more informations. Yeah, and if you find me on uh, YouTube, I have a couple of videos, not a lot, but on YouTube, but there are a couple of videos on my name as well about uh, last time I discussed how to manage your business during inflation because that's the bigger, big challenge right now for the businesses uh, and things like that. So yeah, a lot of options to get in touch. And uh, yeah, on the website, if you want to, have the initial conversation at the top top uh, part of the website. There's like a scheduled phone call, so you can do it and you can have a discussion. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And and uh, yeah, like you mentioned, we're gonna have that in the show notes, and uh, they can also go to www.infhorizons.com forward slash podcast, and uh, we live stream um, uh, with simulcast this this thing over there too. Uh, it's delayed, but we're, we're going to have that information over there. Well, thank you for joining us this week, Christoph, and I uh, look forward to speaking again soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here always. Mm-hmm.